first wanted to uh, note that uh, Bancho Sensei is um, gone. He left Sashin. His mother has um, pancreatic cancer in stage four, and um, it's kind of been only a matter of time. She's lived longer than they expected. And she was admitted to the hospital six days ago for a different condition, for a heart condition, um, but just was transferred today to the ICU. So he's um, possibly already on a plane uh, rushing back to St. Louis to see his mother and be with his brother and family. So please include him in your loving kindness practice and his mother, who is Karen Green. We've been chanting her name. So the practice of befriending. I learned uh, this word from Bancho. He often translates loving kindness as loving friendliness. Loving friendliness. And perhaps that's another access point, right? When was the last time you made a friend? or fell in love, <clears throat> made a friend maybe with a plant or an animal or a human. And what was that like, that process of befriending? How did you know you were friends? I remember when I was a little girl, I was a shy child, and I would always be nervous to, to actually call somebody my friend be like my friend but she can't hear me but I'm using that word mom she said we're gonna hang out befriending other ways that we translate loving kindness I offered a number of synonyms yesterday and sometimes I think it's helpful to repeat because I heard we only hear 20% what's the point of even giving a dharma talk <laughs> entertainment <laughs> better be funny um, connection compassion so I'll offer 30 words and maybe you can remember 10 of them. <laughs> not quite 30 connection compassion intimacy and see which one lights up for you like which one feels like an access point and where do you have reactivity so connection compassion intimacy, kindness, warmth, friendliness, love, joy, contentment, equanimity, peace, spaciousness, openness, absence, freedom, ease, gratitude, forgiveness, appreciation, attention, tending. And if I didn't say one that you've been using, stick with that one, whatever you're using. So just some of the ways of getting into this loving kindness practice. All these point to another facet of the jewels. So they all, all are slightly different, different access points. And I think 
when loving kindness is a new practice, it can be helpful to go with what is familiar. So if you are, you have a tendency towards a concentration practice, can you bring in a little warmth or gentleness or appreciation or fall in love with like ways of entering or connection or intimacy, ways of entering what you're already strong at and bringing loving kindness into that. Or if you have a tendency to practice open awareness, can you infuse that with with kindness? And then also, of course, we're offering other practices, other ways of, of practicing with loving kindness. And one of them that Bancho shared yesterday is one of the classical ways of practicing uh, loving kindness in the Buddhist tradition. I call it the five steps, three phase approach. And Chosen Roshi has kind of honed this, so this isn't maybe what you would find in the Fujiri Maga, but it's perhaps similar. Um, but Chosen Roshi has helped us develop uh, a version of loving-kindness, a more systematic way of practicing loving-kindness for those of us who find it really helpful to have um, a system, to have a method, a, a laid-out method that you can um, use and then start to develop. So, of course, Chosen Roshi has developed this and over the years has refined it and and riffed on it and then you know Bancho and I both also received that from her and have developed it in our own way. So I'd like to go through the five steps that Bancho offered yesterday because he did it during a, a sitting period. I realized for the folks online I was looking at the wrong camera. There you are. Um, because he offered it during a meditation period, and sometimes when we're in a meditation period, being offered a guided meditation, um, we enter a kind of trance state. And so you can have a really beautiful experience uh, or challenging experience, whatever kind of experience you have, a mixture of both probably, and then totally not know what you just received. Or maybe have like, oh yeah, I think we said this phrase. Um, so I'd like to just bring it back now that we're more in a, a rational mind state so you have just an a idea of this approach and, and can start using it um, as one of your practice techniques this week. So step one, um, I call the seed crystal for loving kindness. And Bancho called it the dear one. And this is visualizing, calling to heart, calling to mind, and I invite you to, to do this pondering now, like outside of the meditation period, just to, to see, oh, who might be my seed crystal um, or my dear one? And this can be a being, living or dead, who you feel kindness towards, who when you imagine them or think about them, your heart just naturally opens or you feel uh, a sense of warmth or appreciation um, or ease around um, someone who maybe was kind to you at some point in your life, someone you know who you can turn to for advice or a listening ear, someone who's offered 
a non-judgmental presence. And um, pets are great. Pets are definitely welcome. So that's one way. One way is visualizing a being, a person, a pet, um, living or dead, who you feel comforted by when you visualize them, or you feel a sense of kindness or openness towards them. Another can be a memory of a time someone was kind to you. See if any kind of bubble up to the surface with that. Or a memory of a time when you were simply happy. We have this image that the Buddha had this memory um, of being just simply happy sitting underneath a rose apple tree when he was a child, watching his father's um, fields get plowed. And he said, oh, oh, that, that's, a, that's a hint. That's a seed crystal for the awakened state. And that led him to have more faith in sitting down under the Bodhi tree and, and resolving to awaken. So a memory of a time when you were simply happy. And now the fourth one I'll offer, and you can do a combination of all of these. This is your seed crystal. Um, a place in nature, a place in the natural world, or a place that you can go where you feel safe, real or imagined. I teach loving kindness um, to adolescents and young adults, and that's the one that works for them the most, is the place in nature. And that can be any place. And, and you can imagine yourself being there and feeling that sense of calm. It's like already, for some people, that can really regulate their nervous system and just start to like open up that feeling sense of safety, which is a part of uh, the traditional loving-kindness practice is may you be safe and protected. So a being, a memory of a time that someone was kind to you, a time when you were simply happy or a place in nature. And then step two, so you imagine, visualize this seed crystal being or place or pet. And you can linger there for as long as you'd like. You could spend a whole, I mean, during session especially, you could spend a whole meditation period just letting yourself open and relax into that place. Coming back to that, just practicing being at ease in the somatic experience. I'm somebody who works well with image which is part of the reason I'm challenging myself to give a very systematic Dharma talk. Um, so I could do that. That's one of the ways I approach loving kindness is through image. So you can do that too, if that's the way your mind works. But for those of us who like also to have more to do with the mind, um, there are the phrases. So then step two is practicing loving kindness for yourself. And this is, the intention is to practice being kind to ourselves, which is a practice. It's not like you should be good at it right away. Um, 
yeah, I could say more there. Like, I think we can get blocked from practicing loving kindness for ourselves because it's hard or doesn't seem to work or brings up a lot. So some things I'd like us to remember as we venture to practice loving kindness for ourselves is it's the intention to be kind to yourself. Just that intention, that's what we're practicing. That turning towards kindness instead of criticism or judgment or ignoring or shaming or all the other things that we internally do to ourselves. And it may not feel a particular way. You might not feel all warm and fuzzy. That's okay. It may bring up self-doubt, inner criticism, fear, rage, disappointment, indifference, numbness. That's part of the process. It won't last forever if you stick with the practice. So the method with the phrases, um, the three that we tend to use in our tradition are, may I be free from fear and anxiety. And that's one that, um, this is the way that Chosen developed them. So freedom from fear and anxiety is freedom from a negative. And then, may I be at ease is more a neutralizing phrase. And then, may I be happy or may I be content is, is warming that up. So those are ways that you can think of it. Um, Chosen chose fear and anxiety because she really felt like um, fear and anxiety are the underlying emotion to most other expressions of emotions. So... Like when we're feeling angry or, or rageful or um, having self-doubt, there's often an insecurity or a fear or, or an anxiety underneath all of that. And so she really felt like working with fear and anxiety is that root cause of a lot of, of the um, suffering that manifests in our hearts and our minds and bodies. But you can work more directly with what is arising for you. So if you are feeling a lot of judgment, you could work with a phrase, may I be free from judgment, may I be free from inner criticism. And then I like to, and again, I like to use the the creative capacity of the mind, this ability to imagine. And I like to imagine, well, what would that be like? Can I take a breath and really feel into that freedom from fear and anxiety? And I take a breath and really feel into that ease. Now, in other traditions, they use different phrases. So one that I've added um, since working with teens and adolescents is may I be free or may I be safe and protected. And I really started to like that one Um, because I feel like safety really allows us to open up and practice. And so imagining feeling into what would it be like to feel safe right now? And safety isn't just about physical safety. It's like that emotional, emotional, um, somatic safety. So welcome to work with that. And then with the phrases, I'm just giving you what we usually work with Um, as a baseline, but you're welcome to find your own creativity to meet 
to, to develop a phrase or phrases that really speak to your heart. And they can change. Creativity is an important part of Zen practice. So like I said, I like to work with the phrases and imagine what it would be like to feel that way and then just like sit in that for maybe a minute, maybe 10 minutes and just let them soak in somatically and slowly. So that's one way of working with the phrases of really slowing it down and feeling into each phrase or boiling it down to a single word, freedom. And sitting in that. For some people who have um, more of a busy mind like to repeat all of the phrases or one phrase over and over at the speed of their thoughts, replacing, sometimes replacing negative thinking with the loving kindness phrases. So that can be really helpful in the beginning of session as we're still settling or when, when you hit those kind of busy mind periods and access to more subtle body experience or even finding the breath can be just difficult and we all have periods like that and so using the phrases can be a way of just anchoring attention in something positive something that you're um, working to open up this intention towards kindness is an act of kindness in and of itself just to to sprinkle that into the mind stream May I be at ease, may I be at ease, may I be well. And then another way kind of in between those two is to work with the phrases on the breath. So breathing in kindness, and I sometimes imagine breathing in kindness from the whole universe or from the sky and the earth, from Jizo, Bodhisattva, earth, protector from all the elements breathing in kindness and then breathing out and directing kindness or compassion or using a phrase to a part of the body or the mind so we can work with the phrases may i be and work with ourselves as a whole person body heart mind all one and some people like to do that. And another way we can work with the phrases that, are, that is sometimes more accessible is um, recognizing that we are a multiplicity, that we contain multitudes, and sending loving kindness to the different parts of ourselves. So probably you've noticed that you have different voices and sometimes they're in uh, competition with each other or conflict with each other sometimes as we slow down in sashin you can see like how your inner community you know works or doesn't work together so i had this experience today of ha uh, having a creative part arise and like having a really interesting plan and kind of starting to go down the planning route and then coming back and then a couple breaths later, this shy part came up and was like, I don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. And then I got really sleepy. <laughs> I was like, oh, I know, I know that dynamic in regular life. And it's great to see it kind of zoomed in and session, like 
this one part wants to dominate and then it kicks up this younger part and then I go to sleep. Um, which working with that, you know, in, in an essence way, and this is also an interesting thing we can do, um, the mind and shin is like working with that creative energy when I was able to just sit with it and like bring my mind back, there was like brightness in the mind. It's the essence of that creativity. And then the sleepy part, when I was able to tune into just the felt sense of that sleepiness, there was just this like relaxation and non-doing as kind of spaciousness. And so when, when things slow down and, and we're not just completely absorbed in the habits of mind and this kind of inner conflict, we can see more what the, the, the energy of those uh, thoughts and feelings and emotions and sit in them and, and let them clarify. And you know, in, in that disidentifying, we're just sitting with its energetic flavor, which is less painful. I wanted to share a poem by Joy Harjo about multitudes. Each human is a complex, contradictory story. Each human is a complex, contradictory story. Some stories within us have been unfolding for years. Others are trembling with fresh life as they peek above the horizon. Each is a zigzag of emotional design and ancestral architecture. All the stories in the earth's mind are connected. All the stories in the earth's mind are connected. Maybe it's not so personal what's arising in your own mind. But part of this slowing down in session and and opening and embracing and allowing our human process um, is getting to know how our human mind is constructed. Seeing the memories and body sensations that give rise to the spin of worry and doubt, feeling into the inner conflicts, the things that you like about yourself, the things that you don't like about yourself. None of these things have to be ultimately true. And when we can see from the mind of awareness or mindfulness, we can just appreciate this whole crowd of beings in there, uh, each having its own set of limiting beliefs, each constructed perhaps to try to keep you safe. And in, in recognizing that, and I think with, with a practice love, like loving kindness and with Sashin, we can start to recognize like, oh, that's what's going on. The inner critic is just trying to keep me safe. That's where the compassion for those more harmful parts of ourselves can come from, is that recognition. It still doesn't make it easier to be with them, but perhaps it generates that ability to 
hold them with compassion and, and curiosity and interest. This is the process of befriending, getting to know ourselves, and setting ourselves as the host for all of these parts. Awareness, the host to all of these different energies and beliefs and ideas and thoughts. In, in IFS language, um, they call it the part that is not a part. Not a part and not a part. <clears throat> so as the host, we can send loving kindness to our leg pain, to the anxious voice, to the fear that lives in our gut, to the inability to feel our left pinky toe or that space behind the heart. We can send loving kindness to the scared child, to the one who is worrying, to the inner critic. You can imagine them, like imagine what they look like and send loving kindness to them as these parts of yourself. Or you can feel them in your body and direct loving kindness to them somatically. When I was um, arrived here and was greeted by Hogan Roshi, uh, he said, what are you going to teach? Are you working on a text? And I was like, well, it's loving kindness session. So we're going to go through the, the, um, the fourfold practice of loving kindness. And, and Hogan Roshi was like, well, just make sure you teach no self. So in appreciation for Hogan Roshi, because that's one of my inner critic voices. I internalize Hogan Roshi, like you need to teach no self. Recognizing the multitude aspects of ourself is an aspect of no fixed self. So another way, another way I was working with that today is, um, you know, back on this, this point that Joy Harjo made of like, this is the earth's thinking arising in our minds. Chosen Roshi used to say, well, what if the mind wasn't so much transmitting thought but receiving thought. And today I was playing around with that and I was imagining that actually my thoughts were happening out here because like, it's just arbitrary to pretend that they exist behind my eyes. Like I have no proof of that. I just tend to own, or own them more if they're coming from here. So I was imagining they were coming out from the Buddha's head and from all your heads and and that everything that was happening out here was happening in here. That's very interesting. So there's your no self teaching for today. <laughs> and I think if we practice loving kindness uh, in this way, in this five step, three phrase model, or however you adapt it, the, the boundary of self is pierced through a little bit. So next, step three is loving kindness for friends and family. And sometimes when we start practicing loving kindness for ourselves, people that we care about just start appearing. 
Like I, th- I sometimes think of it as even just bringing in that seed crystal being like att- attuning to loving kindness. And some people had this happen already during this session, like knowing that you were doing a loving kindness session, you sit down and people who you care about start arising. And so like the field of loving kindness is open and they're like, oh, we need some of that. And they start appearing. And so include them. Shift that I to we, may we. Think of it as widening the circle of concern or opening the field of loving kindness. You can imagine them or say their name and, and send them loving kindness. Other times there might be people who are in our hearts or on our minds who we naturally want to include. Maybe they're not popping up, but we just feel this, like, like Bancho with his mother. He told me this morning, oh yeah, she just came to my mind and I was practicing loving kindness for her all morning and then he got the call from his brother uh, around breakfast time. But there might be people in our lives who are ill or who are just having challenge. Maybe someone we haven't thought about for a while, um, but then we realize, oh yeah, I would like to include that person in my loving kindness practice. I noticed, um, and this is with with friends and family, um, but also with world situations, when something happens or something is happening for someone and I I really don't know what to do and there's very little I can actually do. Like they're sick and they're working with that and um, I don't live near them. If I think too much about them, my mind might turn towards trying to fix the problem problem, or get overwhelmed with my own feelings of grief and um, despair and not knowing what to do. Or the other side of that is I just don't think about them or I numb out or ignore them in my life. And so loving kindness can help us stay engaged without getting overwhelmed, without trying to fix. It's like a way of keeping the heart open to the suffering in the world, the suffering of our loved ones, without taking on their pain, without needing to do anything to fix them. And sometimes working loving kindness, you might get inspired to do something that you hadn't previously thought of because you're shifting out of the conflicting mind, the mind that wants to fix or plan or do something into the heart where there's just much more possibility. And so some, some new creative a way of being with them might emerge, or you just keep taking refuge in loving kindness, trusting that that is keeping your hearts connected and that they can feel it. So that's loving kindness for friends and family, step three. And then step four is loving kindness for people we don't know so well, call acquaintances. And so we're continuing to open the circle of concern And one way I want to encourage us to do that during this session is to practice loving kindness for each person in this session. And every day, just let yourself go around the room in your mind in the morning or in the evening or at mealtime. I know at mealtime, some people can get anxious doing Oriyoki. So open your heart to all the other people who are anxious doing (laughs) Oriyoki. 
and send them loving kindness. A lot of times we can do session with a bunch of people and not really connect with them. Maybe a little bit energetically, but here's an invitation to really offer them kindness and, and well wishes for their practice that we're doing together. And there's a few people online, so include them as well. And notice the effect this has. So I know also something that can happen in session, and I know it personally, and I know it from sitting in the Sanzen room, is that we can start judging people or projecting our insecurities out onto them. And it's really about the way they're chanting, though. It is. I swear. <laughs> and so we can start leading our interactions with them with annoyance. We get into the Zen and we're like, oh my gosh, he's doing it again. What is he doing? Sitting there. Yeah. Or we can lead with our social anxiety around certain people or, you know, whatever. And so what happens if instead of letting that lead you and forming all of these different kinds of relationships with people in the room, lead with kindness, lead with friendship, lead with warmth, and see what happens. And this um, acquaintance one is also an opportunity and, or an invitation to open to the more than human world. So we've been doing our nature walk now every day. Hopefully the weather holds up and we can do it every day. And, and in that nature walk, perhaps you've already experienced giving and receiving loving kindness. Like perhaps the heart is open or the attention is open in any of those synonyms that we've used. And there's gratefulness exchanged or a sense of presence exchanged. Somebody used the word yesterday, majesty of the trees exchanged. And you can walk with your hands open, giving and receiving kindness. The kindness can become gestures. It doesn't always have to be the phrases. I was also thinking today, this is one of the creative ways I teach loving kindness to um, adolescents is our love languages. So how do, you, how do you like to receive love? And you can practice loving kindness that way. Like some of us like to receive gifts, like actual tangible gifts. So you can imagine giving people gifts instead of using the phrases if that feels too cognitive. Some people like loving words. Uh, other people like touch. So you can imagine giving each person a hug or a handshake um, or giving yourself a hug when you're doing loving kindness. Or That's part of the reason why I recommended the mudra of the heart. This, this area of the body can be very vulnerable and, and tender um, and it's often the place that we press when we get hugs, like press up against something when you get a full body hug. And so that, that gesture can be like giving yourself a hug, giving a little pressure there. So some people receive it, um, receive love that way. Other people receive love through doing kind deeds. You can imagine doing nice things for people as you're imagining giving loving kindness to them. So however, however works for you. 
But this this giving and receiving is is interesting. So when when you're practicing loving kindness for each person here, you can also, since we're all doing that practice now, can imagine that somebody is also sending you loving kindness. You could receive loving kindness from each person in the room. And also notice how that might change your relationship to them. What if they're not chanting to annoy me, but they're sending me loving kindness? It's a difference. And this barrier between self and other and self and world and me and tree starts to dissolve. As I was reflecting on that, I, I wrote seeing through the eyes of God. You know, people have a mixed relationship with God, but yeah, I'll give you that image. Another aspect of this is a reminder that every creature, every human is trying to live in the best way that they know how. Who are we to judge? May we wish for their well-being, their awakening. Sometimes people get hung up on happy, like, oh, but what that person wants to be happy isn't good for the environment. And so we can like imagine actually like true happiness, awakening, realization of one's true nature. Imagining that on to each person that you encounter, each being you encounter, imagining that on to you. And then step five is the enemy. Which Bancho said it nicer, he said, the person that is challenging. Or someone we're in conflict with or judge regularly. Tenzin Wang Yal calls that your famous person, the person that you're just always comparing yourself to. I like that. The famous in your mind. <laughs> Not in the best way, but. And usually when someone reaches this status, call it enemy or someone we're in conflict with, we've stopped seeing them, even if it's just temporarily, like, you know, we can be in conflict with our partner or parents temporarily and start seeing them just based on their opinion of what we don't agree with. So usually when someone reaches the status of step five of enemy, um, we've stopped seeing their humanity. And loving kindness can help us transform them from the object that we've created in our mind, the symbol of what we don't like, to seeing them more fully as a whole human being with conditioning, conditioning with suffering, with challenges, with likes and dislikes, all the things that we're working with. We can do this with world figures that we tend to argue with in our minds. We can do this with people in our lives, friends and family, and we can do this with ourselves, with the inner enemy, practicing loving kindness. So loving kindness can soften some of our ill will, can help us let go of resentments. It's usually advised not to try the most difficult person first, but to ease your way in starting with a minor conflict or a recent judgment 
And then slowly opening into bigger situations. And in the bigger situations, it's also helpful to practice loving kindness for yourself and the person or people that you might be in conflict with. And you know, in this, it's also a recognition people aren't their worst actions. And it doesn't necessarily mean if you have somebody in your life who did really horrible things to you that you need to like repair the relationship and you know, be in uh, family or community again. Sometimes loving kindness is like a fierce compassion of, of setting appropriate boundaries. But we can still, you know, underneath all of that, wish the person well, wish them healing. Um, forgive what we can forgive. Wish for their awakening. And we're also not using loving kindness to fix the situation. Loving kindness or our practice can pick up on mixed motives sometimes. But our inner attitude can be felt. So a number of people have told me about working loving kindness, particularly in this arena, over over time. And um, that great transformation can happen when they let go of the result. So they're not practicing loving kindness so that their partner will agree to sign the divorce papers without getting a lawyer. They're practicing loving kindness for that person and then they're able to be with that person or be in relationship to that conflict without all the reactivity. So it softens our own hearts. And the person on the other side often feels that and then that can really actually change the relationship in incredible ways. I've heard some really amazing stories from people who were they were practicing, the other person was not. But just that ability to be open and non-judgmental in the presence of this difficult person allowed the relationship to, to shift. I'll read another poem by Joy Harjo about the enemy. This morning, I pray for my enemies. And whom do I call my enemy? An enemy must be worthy of engagement. I turn in the direction of the sun and keep walking. It's the heart that asks the question, not my furious mind. The heart is the smaller cousin of the sun. It sees and knows everything. It hears the gnashing even as it hears the blessing. The door to the mind should only open from the heart. An enemy who gets in risks the danger of becoming a friend. This morning I pray for my enemies. And whom do I call my enemy? An enemy must be worthy of engagement. I turn in the direction of the sun and keep walking. It's the heart that asks the question, not my furious mind. The heart is the smaller cousin of the sun. 
It sees and knows everything. It hears the gnashing even as it hears the blessing. The door to the mind should only open from the heart. An enemy who gets in risks the danger of becoming a friend. So just to summarize, the five steps are the seed crystal, self, loved ones, acquaintances, enemies. And another way of doing that more somatically is just to imagine widening the circle. So maybe you aren't working with specific people in that, but you start with practicing loving kindness here. And then like the chant says, above and below, around and everywhere, can do that progressively covering the globe or just opening your awareness and infusing that with loving kindness. So there, of course, are many ways to work with loving kindness. And this five steps, three phrase way is more of a generating active practice. It's a practice you could take for the whole period or for the whole morning block and really unfold step by step. It's a practice you can just do the first part or just do parts of. So that's one way of working with loving kindness. Another is as remedy. So you can call in the phrases when you feel like you need them. Like as a trusted friend, oh, bring me back, help me open my heart. And then we have the more passive attitude loving-kindness practices of allowing, befriending on that moment-to-moment zazen experience. And I leave it to you to discover which method to use when. If you're new to loving-kindness, perhaps using the more systematic method um, will be helpful for you to establish a loving-kindness practice. This is your ninth loving-kindness session. You probably don't even need me to be telling you anything, but I hope this was helpful.